So someone DM'd you about an episode, what'd they say? Yeah, I mean, my friend texted me and she wanted me to let you know, um, cause you were talking about accidental anal. Down the ride. We were kind of just talking about how sometimes accident, like, you know, sometimes we have accidental anal, but she said that there's a term for it. Accidental. 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 Whoopsie daisy, accidental. Accidental. Whoopsie daisy, accidental. I kind of love that. Down the ride. I mean, I think that that's a great term to use, like, you know, even when you're not talking about anal, like, just kind of catch people off guard. It was just a little accidental. Just a little bit. At work. Oh, sorry, guys. I just made a little accidental over there. A little bit of anal leakage over there. Find another grosser term than that. Sorry. Skirt, skirt. Oh, I never sent you the other $10 for this. You owe me money and I'm coming to collect. <laughs> said that very I, Jewish. I don't know what that was. That was my attempt at Italian. You know that? You know that how I texted you the other day and told you that right when I was about to come, I had a, a I thought about the that family that I was serving the other night. Yes. That Jewish did. family. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, that voice that you just did sounded like him. Wow. I'm happy I could have. Uh bring back that post-coital glow for you. Thank you. I actually really did want that to happen again for me. You know what? I actually, uh, I ended up on a stripper talk last night. I ended up there quite a bit. And the girl, one of the girls was like, get ready with me like on my way to work or like to go work at the club. And she was like, like at the strip club, like a get ready with me or like a day in the life. You know how you shoot like those. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, so super cool. So she's like getting ready and then she like pauses the getting ready and is like, oh yeah, before I go into work, I make sure I basically like rub one out because oh, you release all yeah. those pheromones and that glow. She's like, that's my go-to secret for like making money. And I was really? like, okay. I mean, I work in like a nice restaurant. Like, Should do we I just like to- rub one out before work every day? Do we try it? Okay, maybe we should try it today. I'm down. I did send today, you though. that website. You did. I didn't look at it yet. I haven't had the. I haven't even had the time to masturbate. Like honestly, besides the other day, and then the. I texted Soleil. I like really needed this. I texted Soleil. It sounded so bad. I was just masturbating, and I was just texting Soleil to get off. Yeah, that's how we do, do it. Are you me? down to ride? No, what what it, what it was is like maybe that's I, what I, I like, that's that'll be my side hustle. I'm gonna start narrating like audio. Ooh, books. you should. Your voice would be like good erotic. For that. Well, I mean, my voice you, is raspy as fuck right now because that's of work, why I'm, I'm saying kind of it's into it. I kind of have yeah. like. <laughs> that's why I think it's kind of hot and would be like kind of cool. Um, but no, yeah, I was like, you know, I was you know getting after it with me and myself, and um, right when I right when I was about to come, this family of four. This very, very like boisterous family that we were hanging out on Mother's Day. We had a great time together. The whole family pops into my mind right when I'm about to come. And I just, my my face just like, it's just like th- everything just was off about the experience. And I have no idea why that family popped into my mind right when I was about to come. I got like, isn't it like every American Pie movie or something where the dad walks in right as like the son's like just about to bust yes. or something? Yes. And it's just like, I feel like that's what you went through. Just like that, oh, like that disgust of like, why? Like, it, oh, it was, like, and it was right. I already, I was done and I was fit. I like came and I was just sitting there just like, what, <laughs> why? Like, it ruined it. 
it ruined it. I was just sitting there and in the dad's face specifically is what came into my mind, which is like weird to me. Cause I was like, why him? Like he was what like, this stood really out. Loud. Was it just like a positive interaction with the man that you had? And like, oh, they put me a- very well. Yeah. They like left me a hundred bucks in cash and like, we tipped me very well. And I guess like, I <laughs> No, I guess I just like I have no idea why you rubbed one out to a hundred dollar tip. <laughs> oh, lachaim, lachaim, sister. Lachaim. They were telling me that they went to the Clippers Mazel game tov. and they needed to be vaccinated to go to the Clippers game. Mm-hmm. And the dad was like, "That's bullshit. I'm vaccinated," but he didn't have his uh, card. Like proof of vaccination. So they made him leave and go get a rapid test. And that cost $175. And he's like really loud Jewish. She's like, that's fucking bullshit. You know, I paid $220 already for my ticket. Then I'm over here running through the fucking streets, getting paying another $175 for these tickets. And he's like, you know, this is fucking bullshit. And I was like, you know what, guys? Let's get some champagne on me because we give free champagne. I was just going to say, wait a second. That's not. But I also flatter people and say that like I'm giving it to them specifically. That's how I make extra tips, even though we give it to you for free anyway. And I gave them that. He goes, this is how you make some fucking money. Cute girls just giving you champagne, being friendly. I'm going to come back in here, buy this place and make her the general manager. And I was like, fuck, yeah, you are. (laughs) And I rubbed one out to him later. (laughs) Oh, Wow. I had quite the night of serving last night, too. That actually just made me think I had a table of uh, five gentlemen, older gentlemen, and they were going in on the Chardonnay. And um, they were like, we were just talking about where we live. And they were like, you know, can't have too much wine. Like, we got to drive back across the bridge, which means like they live in Coronado. And I was like, oh, you guys got a little bit of a trip. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of far from home as well. And they were like, where do you live? And I was like, I live in this area. And he was like, on this street and this street? And I was like, yeah, actually. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I own that entire block. Oh. Oh. I was like, of course you do, sir. I This is my unit address. This is my unit address. If you want to, like, knock some rent, like, uh, you don't have to tip me. Or, I mean, you, you should You should have said that. You should have we said that. we made a couple it? jokes. They're coming back to visit me. But then I had another table last. Uh, you know, this is embarrassing. I, what? What could be embarrassing, dude? The service industry itself is embarrassing. But like, what? What could po- possibly be embarrassing? All right. So you hear my voice like this right now uh, because I have to project my voice in a restaurant to tell tables. Yeah. And we're next to a street. I, you know, you work Especially with the mask on. With the mask mask on, on. with like really, actually, this is restaurant has one of the best playlists I've ever worked for. So I don't mind. Oh, it's it's great. It's great. Like I'm dancing while working. Yeah, I love that. Ours is like definitely like a reggaeton Spanish feel. So it's like fun. Yeah, it's like a good vibe, but it's loud as fuck. So I'm serving this table. I know, and they uh, we get to the end of the night and. They're, I'm dropping check on their table and they're like you know we got to ask like how are you able to communicate with us so well you've got the mask on we can hear you perfectly it's loud as fuck and this was like another table of like probably like I would say like early 50s to like mid 60s so like mm-hmm. not not old but not not young not just young. 
yeah, yeah just in their right in, in the their middle. prime yeah in their yeah, prime. literally in your prime where i can't wait can't to wait that can't wait can't wait can't fucking wait um so they're like how did you do that and I was like oh an extensive background in a musical theater as well as I was a high school cheerleader I was cheer captain mm. and they were like weird rad, oh. but okay <laughs> weird flex at the table but like okay I mean they're asking <laughs> as my voice is cracking they're asking yeah, how my why voice, is voice cracking because it's a day after and I hit the ball the and heavy last night it's a day after uh six days of work in a restaurant my voice is my voice isn't like that. Mm, well, maybe it's because me and you serve differently. Uh, yeah, that could be. <laughs> that could definitely be it. But anyways, this table's like, well, I mean, you you got to do a cheer, you got to sing us a song or something. Oh, like you fuck got- that! I would never. Mm. I would never. You fucking did a cheer for this table, dude. Stop it! You cheered for a table. I'm not. Can like I a- hear it? No, no. Fucking, let's can't. hear it then. <laughs> If you did it for a table, you can do it for this podcast. Wow, you really trying to make that bread out there. Okay, but it gets better because then I sang for the table too. They were what like, the "Wait, fuck, dude!" They're like, "What musicals have you been?" And I was like, "Oh, I was in Les Mis. I was in uh, a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory." I was like, "But you know what's kind of funny oh God, is like, give me, give me the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I was, I, I was, I was Veruca Salt in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, you were. But oh I don't God, remember. I like it was so long ago. Like that was in middle school. But There's like Google. Les Mis. Bring up Les... something. Shut up. <laughs> we're not googling Google. any. We're not googling a damn thing in this episode. Why? Because we're not sponsored by Google yet. <laughs> Ah, true that. True that. Okay, so uh, so you cheered for a table. So I did a quick little defense cheer for them. Yeah, but here's the thing. I was like, okay, I didn't have any other tables. Like, they were my last table. The restaurant was kind of winding down. Like, the bartender had his back to me. Like, I didn't see any of my coworkers. So I was like, okay, I'll do it really quick. Because they were a great table and like it was fun and I knew I'm going on vacation. It was like my last day of work before I go on vacation. So it was like anything right. goes, you know, like I'm 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 fried, but I'm here. So I, I hit him with a quick little defense cheer and then I like very quickly drop the check and like scurry away. And as I'm you like embarrassed that you did a defense cheer yes, at a table. Yes, yes because that's exactly it. And as I walk back into the restaurant, I hear Slate, did you just cheer at a table and I turn and look and my manager is right there like my so your my, manager my, overheard you doing a fucking defense chair overheard cheer at a table. watched and then asked me as like it just so happens that a hundred of my other co-workers happen to be standing right there like no one was in view a you moment ago a small restaurant and you did a defense cheer at a table everyone's gonna know everyone's gonna know nobody's gonna know Nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna do a Get real quick and get out of here. Drop check defense cheer. Get out. Can so I hear the cheer? I need to hear the cheer. Defense. Jump to it. Can you put some fucking pizzazz in it? Because I'm getting tired already. Defense. I jump to it. We got to go get the ball and we have the ball. I, I don't it. remember what it was. Yeah, it was like one of those. And move it or I can't believe you were a cheerleader first off. I was. I was I was great. That's great. I yeah. bet you were. I can see you. You really like bringing the the pep to the step. I was school president. I was um. I was cheer Weird captain, bag. varsity swim Weird captain. Bag. I was <laughs> had a four point five GPA. Weird and, brag. Uh, and then uh, my mental health plummeted, and here I am. So. Uh, <laughs> and now you're on this podcast with me. Uh, that's the weirdest brag of them all. 
Yeah, that is a weird brag. Yeah, high school. I have nothing to brag about in high school. I was just like a really good athlete. That's about it. I, I was friends with everybody too. I, I will I will say that. My dad always emphasized this. You got to be friends with everybody from the weirdest kid that nobody talks to, to the coolest person in class. He'd always say that. And I'd be like, that's facts. And I actually like always thought about that. And my dad would say that because he would always be like, you never know when you're nice. You're really nice to the weird kids, like and the kids that nobody is talking to. Um, and he's like, those are the people that are going to help you out most in life. Um, and those are all the people from high school that I still talk to now. Not so the people if that Grace I talk, talks to you, she thought you were a weird kid in high school. <laughs> They're going to be like, yeah, facts. I fucking was. <laughs> I was fucking weird too. I just, I guess I think I came across as less weird because I was like an athlete maybe. I like think like internally, I always like felt weird, but on the outwards, I was so worried about what everyone else thought that I like really tried to pretend like I didn't have this like inner lioness. <laughs> oh, okay. I like that. I, I always kind of carried like big dick energy though because I was friends with so many guys and like the girl group in high school that I was hanging out with like really fucked me over. They made a lot of rumors up about me. They like really just – it was like a, a rough go for me in high school honestly. Like I felt by the, like my senior year I had no friends that were girls like unless they were like the girls that like I befriended that I thought were like not the coolest chicks maybe per se but then they became like really cool and smart and like class president by my senior year and I was like yeah, fuck these other girls that are – quote unquote cool or whatever the fuck they're doing. They just talk mad shit. And I remember specifically weird story actually. Um, they were the the group of girls that were my quote unquote friends that made like 87 rumors up about people that I was having sex with, but I was a virgin um, that were just my friends, which was fun. But besides the fact I had guys coming up to me at my locker being like, heard you really like sex. And I'm like, I literally have never seen a penis, but besides the fact, um, yeah, the thank you girls. You huh? Yeah. Those girls were nice, but it was in the middle of the lunch and they were talking shit about the rest of our friend group that wasn't in this lunch. And I just got my stuff up and I just moved to my guy friend's table who I hung out with all the time. Anyway, I just sat with them because I was like, I sat with these girls. Cause I was like, uh, I feel like I have to sit with girls for some reason, like gender wise. Like, I don't know guys in high school then. Yeah. But I'm a slut. Like I've never seen a penis. I like, I'm only friends with guys. Like, I don't know. So I just got well, my stuff up it's, and it's moved. It's not even sat that. I think it's more of like a jealousy thing. Like, cause when you're comfortable with yourself, you don't care about like weird, like social norms or like societal True. things. So it's like when you're True. comfortable with yourself. So then when no one's comfortable with themselves, it's like, well, they're doing whatever they want and I'm jealous of that. So they're a free spirit and a free spirit's a whole. Like, that, well, dude, actually you said that perfectly. And that's why these girls actually had a problem with me because yeah. I was like, just comfortable and weird with myself and like so, friends with everybody. I feel so they like fucking hated me. I kind of like was on both sides of that spectrum where I was really good friends with a lot of guys. Um, but then the female friendships and then relationships with other guys like really convoluted that like high school is a yeah. fucking weird time. High school's gross, but this, this emphasized the grossness of it. So after I moved lunch tables that day, um, this girl, I'm not going to name her name comes up to me in English class after lunch and I'm sitting with my guy friends again that I've been friends with since legit elementary school like literally my boys one of them being Will Will and Grace everyone would make fun of us Will and Grace but we're like homies. our high school had um, a Will and Grace they actually ended up married oh my god we really we might get married maybe Will maybe Will if you're listening to this I love him he's still still my homeboy back in Boston though but um yeah so she comes up to me she storms up to me and she comes up to me and she slams her book bag onto my table and goes oh you're too cool for us now grace classic classic you always think you're too cool for us you always think you're way better than everybody it, do you get tired of thinking that you're better than everybody else all the time and i'm just sitting there with my jaw dropped just being like 
And I go, you know what, actually, I'm actually just sick and tired of listening to you talk shit about everybody that's your quote unquote friend. And I just have to sit there and listen to it uncomfortable for an entire 30 minutes that I'm trying to de-stress myself. My bad. And then she's like, oh, so you're just going to hang out with the guys instead all the time? Like usual? And I'm like, they don't treat me like shit. <laughs> it's weird how that reverses when you get older. <laughs> yeah. And the whole class was just like, ooh. Wait, this was like in front of people? This wasn't even like a casual, let me pull the you to the side and rail you? No, she did it in front of the entire class. Oh, a public shaming. This girl, this girl also How this girl had a high pub. school. Public. But place. also there was a rumor made up that I hooked up with her boyfriend. That was a piece of shit. But it wasn't a hookup. It was actually, it, yeah, at all. We didn't. Hook up. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. The the, the high school experience. Oh wait, that's this chick. Yeah. Ugh, right. Good riddance. Legit. Peace the fuck out, bitch. I like that's that's the thing. But like, I was thinking back to these, and my therapist was talking about it. She's like, I think all of the adversity that women have shown you that's made you kind of have to be force yourself to be alone. Like truthfully, like all of these groups of girls that have kind of made me end up being spending more time by myself. I was always saying to her, I was like, Oh, I have a hard time being by myself. She's like, no, you don't actually grace. Think about it. You've been by yourself so much. So consistently that that's why you are so comfortable with yourself now and know who you are that I was like, you know what? Yeah. From all the people that treated you like shit and same with you. So like people that bullied you and like kind of made you feel alone. Like that makes you just like such a better person. Truthfully, like we're such a better person from people just being assholes to us. Like genuinely. So if somebody treated you like shit, 100%. you're probably fucking cool from it, honestly. Unless you become bitter, a bitter like there's- asshole from it, which there's two types of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, for sure. Like, and and that's the shit that's kind of crazy is like, it's, it's like when you make jokes or anything, it's like, how do you, how do you do that? And it's like, oh, I don't know. I can just look at it and be like, this shit sucked, but like, it is pretty funny. Like, and if I can't laugh about it, what am I going to do? Fucking cry to probably I do that to too about it, i cry I'm about gonna... everything <laughs> Girl, you know. all right um That's what am i gonna thing, do though. maybe like get hung up on it like i don't get hung up on shit anymore if, yes, I, if there's do. enough i do but not to the extent like stuff trips me up but i don't fall on it anymore true like, i think there's... you just you just get tripped up like same with me we kind of just get tripped up in the moment and let our but we're good at about the, the fact that we at least let ourselves feel it out and then not let it like linger. Do you no, know what I mean? Like how I called you the like, other day, like how mm-hmm. I called you the other day. And I was like, I'm overthinking this. Like I'm going to like overthink this so excessively that it's like, I didn't want that to linger. So like, I just gave you a call. And yeah, I think you do that. See, too. that's kind of like the forced cry or like the cry porn. Like, you know, it's building. And honestly, this ties into like my therapy fact for later. I had therapy this morning. Do we just round out the episode right now? Are we one bump done? Like, no. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. I need two bumps this week. I'm so tired. <laughs> I might need three, dude. Three is my lucky number. Three is my basketball number. Mm. Well, I, well, fuck. All right. Well, should we get into the episode then so I can get to my therapy factor? I mean, I guess we're talking about we're talking about basketball. We're talking about high school when I was an absolute actual fucking baller, dude. All right. Well, so maybe we can just get into it. Let's let's get into it. But first. We're not asking each other anymore. We're asking our listeners. Right. We're not asking each other. So uh, what's up, you guys? Are you fucking down to ride? It's yeah, it's happening. We're starting it's, it. It's about to happen. Like, ac- like, oh, just like accidental. Yeah. It's about to happen whether you like it or not. Are you down to ride? We're accidentally riding. A rhetorical so- question. Yeah. <laughs> accidental. It's an accidental question. It's rhetorical. If you're listening already and you're at this point, you're down to ride. 
I would fucking hope so. And if you're not, then tune off. Get off. Well, no, keep listening because no, you'll, like, you you'll tune back this. in next week. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you need this. You need this probably more than most. All right. So we're talking high school and we're talking basketball. Yeah, I want to talk. I want to talk talking- more basketball than I want to talk high school. Fuck high school. You know, what's funny. I hated basketball in high school. I love basketball. Why did you hate basketball? Basketball is my favorite sport. The way I was terrible up, at it. I'm only five. Court. I'm literally five five. So that's pretty tall for a girl. I'm five five, and in elementary school, I was playing basketball in platform flip flops, as one does in the early two thousands. Oh God, you were the type of girl that makes me want to puke. No, I, I was. I was down, and then I literally was down, and a rock went so far into my knee. It was my. Well, you were playing First basketball on platforms, getting platforms. stitches. You're playing basketball on platform flip flops, dude. Yeah, I was a rider from a young age. Okay. Well, you know what? You you kind of like weird brag about high school a lot on here, so I'm gonna weird brag about high school, um, my basketball career. Um, dude, I was fucking good. I was so good at basketball. It's such a weird fucking brag, but like, I was really good. Like thinking back to it, like I was getting emotional today. I'm not even gonna lie. I was straight up getting emotional today thinking back to my best. Are you laughing still because you weird brag about high school a lot? You do. No, I'm I, I could write a list like, of weird, weird brags. because you almost cried. Like, okay, dude, I'm because basketball high was part of who I was. You know what, Basketball though, like, like, got me through high like, school basketball. cheer. My sisters. Yeah, dude. Basketball, basketball got me through like every hardship in my life. And I'm not going to lie. Like, that's what made me think about it. Like, I would sit and play basketball outside of my house like practice my my three pointers my foul shots my form my dribbling with two basketballs i was outside in my my driveway practicing basketball more than i was doing just about anything i felt like i was like in a safe space when i was like playing basketball and like i was thinking back to it i remember i got interviewed about this this interview this this magazine was about in the boston area was interviewing me because i was mvp weird brag mvp of the league for basketball and flex, I, they were flex. Like, no i'm laughing because you never give yourself like credit kind of like you're so weird about your accolades so this is good like let it yeah, out tell I, us about I was your really high school fucking good at basketball and um and number three on the court number one in our hearts gracie it's just like a lot of just like a lot of newspaper articles titled amazing grace when it comes to me honestly on the court i'm not gonna fucking lie like there really was like but besides the fact um oh. my three-point game was wet my three-point game was fucking wet. Oh, and you want to see her drive to the hoop? Because she can fucking do that, too. She could be the point guard. I brought the ball up, but I could also post up. You want to fucking name it, she could do it. I was that girl that in a box and one, box and one, zone defense. Yeah, I was the girl that they would have. Oh, shooter, shooter, look out for her. You know, that was just kind of like, you know, I just like, I had a swagger about me. On see, the I have, I have no idea what we're talking about, but I'm with it. Like, it's sick yeah so like basically like they would do a zone defense and then one girl would follow me around when i'd be on offense because i was an offensive threat bitch okay but besides the fact um yeah so like the article they were like asking me they're like you're really confident on the basketball court like you carry yourself with a lot of confidence like especially when you're speaking or before or after game where's that confidence come from and i was like honestly like I feel the most confident when I'm in my basketball uniform. Like I felt like I was in a different world in a different universe. And I think it's because I did struggle with friendships in my family life that like once I put this uniform on, kind of like when we were talking about Eminem, when he would dress up as a superhero, I kind of felt like a, like a superhero in a sense in my basketball uniform. Well, you were connected knew, to something. I, I knew you were, you were a part of something. something. You I was were part of something. And you and were I, a key I, player in it. You felt needed 100%. and you felt like you were like 
you brought something to that table and they needed you and that they did and like that was amazing feeling you know that was an amazing feeling to be needed but also to be able to deliver every time and knowing mm -hmm. that I would be able to deliver and not only just deliver but like I would feel good about myself at the end because not only did I physically and mentally just like lead a team but like I, I put I, I put out like I, I like, you know, I really did. Not sexually, like, though. She was a virgin in high school. No, I was guy. just sucking dick on the court. I wasn't scoring. <laughs> I just sucked up every, everyone's dick. But besides the fact, like, I well, do miss that. that hold feeling. on, because I want to ask you, as someone like I had a lot of academic accomplishments. So mm-hmm. did you ever feel like did you start to hit a point where you almost started to resent the sports or anything that you were in because it was the anxiety of not being able to deliver? No, because I love pressure. Like, I'm going to be honest, like I love the pressure. So like the time that I would compete best in track and basketball and soccer when the stakes were higher. So like mm. the higher the stakes, the more like I want to compete. Like I love that about life, like the higher the stakes of something. So I, I never felt like the only thing that I would get worried about, I'd be like, it's my junior year. I only have one more year left. Like I, I would just want more of it. Like got anything it, that it. I love, I have an addictive personality. I've just channeled it into healthier things that like my addiction for it. I'd be like, Oh, it's my junior year. I'd already be counting down the, the time that I'd be done. Like, cause I knew by my junior year, I was so exceptional at track that I was going to get a scholarship D one wise for track, but I really wanted to play basketball in college. Cause I love basketball and, I, I was very good. I could get a basketball scholarship, but it would be for D3 or D2, nothing like a division one scholarship. And I started feeling depressed and like really sad that I was going to be missing basketball. Cause I was on two basketball teams throughout the year. I was on my, my team, but then I also played AAU, which was more of the competitive side of basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like literally thinking about basketball right now makes me emotional. Dead ass. That asked. And it was also something that was cool because my dad and I did it together. My dad was my coach all throughout uh, my life. And like we had some like really bonding moments um, together, like driving to and from the games and, you know, like learning about my dad's life, you know, and like my dad, like, you know, really putting so much pressure on me. And a lot of coaches throughout my life did put a lot of pressure on me because I was good and like did kind of ridicule me more than most of the girls on the team because they expected more of me. And I guess I carry that energy into my life now from being an athlete that like I'm expected a lot of and like you have to put a lot of work in. And like today when you're like, yeah, like you got to like give yourself some of that time. It's like, but I like the over the the overload. I'm used to it. I'm used to that high expectation. I have just done the one thing that I've done is prioritizing like letting myself sleep more. Like, you know how I was like, I'm only like, I'm like letting my, I called you today at 945. Like that's when I woke up. Like I'm letting myself like at least sleep. And then I let myself sleep now and then it's go time. But yeah, no, dude, it's like, it's cool. Like, because I think that athletics, like just like we're about to get into with our trailblazer this week, like he came from, well, let's just fucking get into it. Actually. Let's just like, let's just dive into it, baby. Because our trailblazer that we're talking this week is just so fucking cool that it's like, he is it makes you just like excited to like want to talk about him okay let's get into it so like who is our trailblazer this week like who are we getting down with who are we getting funky with we are talking about shaquille o'neal we're talking about shaq (laughs) shaq we are talking about this seven foot one inch tall fucking legend He's such a legend, dude. He's such a fucking legend. There's some people that like 
don't you just see some hear about some people and know about some people that you literally are like i want to chill with you oh i I just want to kick it with you so fucking bad not all of our trailblazers but like definitely most of them like there's a couple of them that really stand out like dolly i'd chill with mac we've said we'd chill with um snoop like the the vibe would just be really different like obviously the vibe. yeah yeah, yeah. i would love to chill with all of them the energy like chilling with shaq composed to chilling with martha stewart like it would be a bit different of a vibe but martha stewart also just like smokes blunt with snoop dogg that it's like we know she can kick it she's a little bit ocd and might try to color coordinate the event but it'll still be a vibe she would deliver she would deliver she delivers martha does deliver she literally does deliver okay besides the fact yeah we're talking shaquille o'neal dude um He's kind of the man. Everyone knows Everyone knows this guy, but we're just going to delve into a little bit deeper about his life and like who he is that maybe some things that you didn't know about Shaquille O'Neal. Um, some bigger picture. Some bigger picture. Okay, but before we start this, Shaq, okay, his height, he's 7'1". Is that like too tall for you as a dude? Because that's like, that's too big of a guy for me. I'm going to be honest. How big is Shaquille O'Neal's dick? Like that's all I'm Whoa, I was like, that was a size 23 too. What the fuck is his dick like? We are all wondering. I'm not the only person to wonder that. No, you're definitely not. But like, shock if you're listening to this. What's your dick size, bro? We're curious, but like, in a respectful way. Very respectfully curious, because I'm already putting it out there. You, your body size, like, it's too much for me. Like a guy that's seven one is too much for me. The last guy I was hanging out with was six four, um, and he was tall. That's the guy. That's the height of the person I'm talking to. There you go. Yeah, but I mean, I've also I've also somehow not. I've also uh, ended up going on dates um, with guys that are also five four. And you did. You did go through that vibe. There's, um, there are levels to it, literally. There are levels. Uh, literally 10 foot. <laughs> no, not 10 foot. There's a whole foot. A whole foot. So what a is the foot. a whole foot difference? But I just have a question. What was the difference dick-wise? There wasn't not that much, right? There probably no. wasn't that big. Exactly. And that proves the point because I'm also like, there was- you shouldn't stop talking. You shouldn't not talk to a guy because of his height. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, and I was like trying to say that to Soloy when she was talking to the guy that was like really short, but it was just like, I was like, dude, she was like everything about him. He's like, cool. He's funny. It's easy to chill with him. And then she was just like, but he's short. And it's just like, that's like not a deal breaker. And I'm saying this though, but I'm five, eight and I'm like pretty tall and like muscular as a girl. Like I can't, I have a hard time talking to guys that are shorter than me because I feel masculine. It makes me feel masculine. As someone who has for their whole life resented their body because of its size, being the bigger person next to someone that you want to feel attractive to or like attractive towards, I think that's more the hang up. And like once I got over that of like, if someone wants to hang out with me, like, yeah, they're, you know, a portion of it is to like cheeks clapping, like that's my body. But like, also like they want to hang out with me. Like I, they're going to have to talk to me. Like there's more to it than just what really? I look like. Do you like talk to the guys that you like, like hook up with? 
I just put a you know what I know. You know, you know what I mean though. Like it's it's like I if someone wants to hang out with me, why am I tripping on like what my body looks like? Granted, though, I did hang out with a guy once. You're 100 right, though, dude. You're 100 right, and I think that a lot of people can relate to how you're feeling. I know a lot of my friends can just relate to the fact that like right when it, intimacy is vulnerability, like intimacy yeah. is so vulnerable. Like how vulnerable is like taking all of your clothes off for the first time in something? No, nobody talks about this shit. Like you know what I mean, and like. I like work hard with like how I eat and with my body and things like that. But I'm also blessed genetically. I'm going to be honest. Like I'm very blessed genetically with what, how my body is. Not that I don't feel weird, you know, taking my clothes off in front of somebody, but then I'm just like, what? Like you should, like, we both feel weird. So let's just both fucking get over this. Let's but it's also it. really beautifully. Like, I am not going to lie. Like I kind of like, as I've gotten older, like I kind of like love that like weird vulnerability of it where it's like kind of, I like think it's like sexy it's like isn't it, it different now like hooking up with people that are like just getting intimate with people that when you're older and like and more secure so in who better. you are like yeah, so much better it is absolutely different than like those oh, weird yeah. like yeah I don't get self-conscious about like my body now when I'm like in those positions because I'm like you're lucky to be you're here. a woman yeah, like you're like you're, a woman you're now. fucking lucky to like be in this yeah. spot right now. Literally, like you're, you're welcome. You're see you're genuinely blessed. you're welcome. Like no, that's how I feel too. Like I genuinely my mindset is just like I was such a fuck boy though in college and stuff though that like I didn't like even like let my respect my own body enough if that makes any sense. Like I didn't even value like my own body as much. Like I well, kind of I just like, I wanted attention and I didn't like or not attend like not that's attention. fine okay. I no, but it but it was like more than that it was more like I felt like that was all I had to offer and it's like no 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 no, no. that's just a plus like right. I'm there's so much more than that and now I'm gonna pick and choose like that's a fact that's facts with what I was doing as well that I was like I I knew that I was I knew that I liked my I knew that my body was attractive to men I guess that I didn't let people see the vulnerable, cool side of me that I was just like, oh, you can just have something that I know that you'll like. And I was the opposite because I felt like no one would ever be attracted to my body. I wasn't, I didn't like my body. I didn't love and appreciate it. So for me, it was like, everyone's going to know how fucking cool and funny and smart and talented I am in that sense, because I feel like no one's ever going to want to like, like I have to show them that side because no one's ever going to want this side. These are really depressing spectrums that we were both on. <laughs> Wait, I, I think I feel like this is a lighthearted, cool wow. conversation. Is this why people think we're like a self help podcast? I, but that's like kind of beautiful though. Like we were, you were on the spectrum that you're like, oh, I gotta sell it with my personality, and I'm like, well, at least I know people are gonna like my fucking abs and my tits and my cheeks. That's, and like, okay, so I I have like my mom would always be like, Slay, like you you're capable of all of these things like why don't you like you know when I would complain about my weight and stuff like that she would be like you have the ability to change these things kind of stuff and it was always I would always be like in a self-defense way but I would be like mom like genuinely if I like lose the weight that I want to lose and I like get healthy and I'm like this pretty smart funny and like I just no one's ready for that like so that's like how I flip my own narrative was like oh, you know what? No, I am going to be all those things. And now like no one is ready for that. So here we are (laughs) thriving, honestly, like genuinely thriving. No, I love that. And I love to see that growth. And I love to like, there's like, there's some women in my life that like, I've seen like a lot of growth from kind of just like body shaming themselves more than 
fucking ending to like fully accepting and loving themselves more than most people I know. And I like, but this is kind of coming back around from before when we were talking about how that adversity and kind of makes us have that clarity. I don't think that you would truly love yourself as much as you do and accept yourself as much as you do. You would love yourself and like be so comfortable with yourself if you didn't go through kind of like literally hating yourself. And I think that that's like key to like successful people. Yeah, 100%. Like I I talk about I, we've talked about this before. Like all of those things made me appreciate and made me it they made me who I am and who I am is someone that I'm incredibly proud of and someone that I believe can continue to go on and do even more incredible things and it's funny will. because it's the adjective will. Oh, that will, sorry that will go on to do incredible things. That I will go on and do incredible things opposed to that. We use, we use might too much in our vocabulary that I've just noticed. I will go on to do incredible things. I will be successful. I will. It's funny you say that because I actually worked with someone once who took the word should out of their vocabulary. No, you, you you actually should do that though. I'm going to be honest. I will do that. I change my, I try to change my verbiage to that. I do. Should that be our challenge for this week? Yeah, you guys should. Out of your vocabulary. No, take it out of your vocabulary. That is the, that is the challenge for this week. Take should out of your vocabulary. If you think of someone, I should go do this. I should do that. Go do it. Or just don't think about it. Cause if you're not doing it, like don't talk about it. Just be about it. You shouldn't do anything. You will do those things. Yeah, it's hard as like, fuck. Literally. It's like going, it's like, it's like going might. zero waste. Yeah, the term might too. Like I might, I might do this, and I and it's like okay, like you're you're you are filling your body with those words. Like, that's kind of like I sure. Like I, that's another word I hate. Sure. Like oh, do you want to go do this? Sure. Like sure is a fuck you. Sure is a sure fuck is you. A fuck you. You're so right about that. Sure is just like sure. It's like say anything else but that. It's dude. so like blase. Like sure, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. Sure. Gross. Gross Honestly, behavior. Says sure. They're basically saying not. I don't really want to do this, but okay. Yeah, it's a cop out. And it makes you feel bad for some reason. Like if you don't, cause like, I'm okay, this is what it is. We, if you are asking someone to go do something with you or like you're including someone, like you want them to like, if you want to spend time with them, you want them to spend time with you. You don't want like a sure. I guess I'll go answer. Like, no, if that's your mindset, I'd much rather do it myself. Same. Agreed. It's like sending somebody an okay or a K text. It's like, you don't even need to respond if you're going to behave this way. Oh God. I actually like this quote, though, from Shaq, that he has this quote. Um, where is it? I'm only intimidated by one person, and that's myself. Mm. I love that quote. I kind of want to open we, Should we talk a little bit more about him? No, no I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. I, I, like, I wanted to kind of throw that in there because I just think that there is how you talk about yourself and how you carry yourself is everything. And 100%. there were points in my life where I just fucking hated myself, and I was wondering why nothing was working out for me. Oh, because the energy that I'm carrying towards myself and my own life is negative. Therefore, you're going to get negative in return. Like it all comes back around to like, just like this psychological study when they have plants in a room, right? Talk and shit to the plant every day and see which one grows. Exactly. And and they're putting the plants in a negative environment where they're talking, literally talking, degrading these plants in a psychological study and the plants aren't growing. But when they nurture them and speak kindly to these plants, they grow. 
And that's just our bodies. But we think that we can degrade ourselves mentally and then expect that we're going to be blooming. It's like, that's not how it goes. And I, I had that, I had that backwards majority of my life. I'm going to be honest. And it's just like Shaq is a big advocate of just being overly positive, not only to himself, but everybody around him. He is and that someone that lifts up and empowers other people, which is why he is our trailblazer. Yeah. And like people as big as him, like you don't need to be lifting everybody up around you because you already inspire so many people around you. But that's not Shaq's motto. He's like, the more people, because I've been successful and I've been in hardships, I want to see other people, you know, have their come up. Not What's just- it called when you're like, try- he's not, um, he's, he's trying to build up everyone around him. He's not like, what's it like guarding, like being the right. best at someone. He wants everyone to be the best. Like he's not safeguarding the concept of excelling as a human. He's like, everyone yeah. can excel. Let me help give tools. Let's all use the tools we have. Literally. And you know what I hate? I hate that that's like a foreign concept to like want to like somebody that's famous and like, especially in the athlete sense that it's like that you want to build everybody up around you that it's like, why? Like Shaq's known for that. And he's like, you know, he's a trailblazer in his own sense for that. But it's like, why? Why is that just like a rare commodity? People like Shaq. That's the thing that kind of bothers me that it's like Shaq being so kind and welcoming and wanting other people like to to succeed around him. Why is that like, especially as an athlete? Because it's like, you're on a team. You're an athlete. You are on a team. You can't win a championship. And Shaq's won a lot of championships. And you can't win a championship unless everyone does well. You know what I mean? Like, I've been on teams, especially in basketball, where you being the only person in scoring and you being named MVP, it doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean shit. Those have been the, been the worst teams that I've been on where I get the most accolades because we're not winning. We can't, you can't win by yourself. I don't want to be the best person on the team. I want to be like, I want, or not that I like, I want to be the best, but I want to have like everyone around me pushing just as much. Like, I think like you, when you're a part of something and like, when you have that hunger for success, whether it's a win on like the field, an academic win, a like personal win, whatever it is, a financial win, like you want to feel that win with people. There's a reason why you call other people to celebrate success. Like you have a close circle for a reason. Like, and when you're a part of a team and like you build something up, you know that every person And especially when you know the people on the team and you know their backgrounds and stuff and like what they're going through on an interpersonal level, like when you know that and then you see what you all accomplished when you came together as a team of five, six, ten, however many, you know, that's a fucking accomplishment. Like that is something to be proud of because it's not just you. You are a part of something so much bigger. I love that. Yeah, that's why sports are just so special, dude. Like, and being part of a team is so special. And like, you just you just like literally make a sisterhood and a brotherhood with those people. And 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 why it's so you make such close connections is because not only is that you spend so much time together at practice and like you know what's going on in everybody's life, but not only just that, you see them put everything out onto the floor. Now like, let me put everything out there. Let me pause you right there because do you think that's why we thrive and excel in a restaurant industry where you are a part of a team that has to deliver every night? Like, because there are the types of people like the servers and stuff like, you know, the lead servers or, you know, the people on your team that are going to help you help them and you both make money. Like those are kind of like the ones that you get along with you. I scratch your back. You scratch mine. You do this. I do that. It's a team. Like everyone eats at that table. Right. And it's like, first of all, for me, it's like, 
the service industry is sales. It's a sales job. Then that, there's money attached to it. You know, I'm like that. Like I like making money. That's why I like the service industry. There's yeah. mo- there's dollar signs. Whereas I like it for the meeting people, the connections, and like yeah, food. I don't. I like the food. <laughs> See, I do cheers I, for my tables. Yeah, like two types of girls. I will make you laugh. Like I like to make my tables laugh and have a good time, but I'm not going to suck your dick. But I'm also working really hard. Like you're going to have everything. Uh, everything's going to be ready. Keep going. You're gonna have a new drink on your table before you even want it. I'm gonna force more drinks down your table. I'm gonna upsell you on fucking everything. But at the same point in time, like there, the way that you do that and the way that you do well is because I'll notice somebody else will come by and bust my table because I I'm moving the whole time. I'll go clear your whole section for you because I have two minutes. Like I'm going the whole time. It's give and take. Like, like that is life. Is that give and take? People don't do that, dude. Other no. people don't do that. I'll see other people walk past my section. I'm like, there's empty wine glasses all on my table, and you're walking with empty hands. Just go grab them. Like, but that's the athlete mentality where it's like, yo, you can go help somebody else for a second, but like, yo, when you need help now, do you think I'm gonna go want to go help you when I'm busy? No, that's life, though. That's being an athlete. That's knowing that. Um, that's knowing that you can't thrive and you can't succeed without helping others. And that's it's, just life. Like, it's also it's like crazy. having like that plan, like that mindset. Cause like you always Ooh. have to, and that's something that Shaq displays. Like you guys just a note too. Like if you're listening, this is episode 18 for us and we're trying a little oh, bit yeah. of a different format where we're not going to rely so much on the minute details of our trailblazers. And we're going to talk a little bit more bigger picture just to see how it goes. If we're a fan of it, we'll keep doing it. Otherwise we'll go back to a little more structure, but we're just trying to make this podcast as useful to our listeners and as inspirational and as helpful as possible. And also for us. So that's kind of why we're doing a little bit of a different format today. So uh, yeah, just wanted to pop that in there real quick. Yeah. We're going to like, talk more you know shoot the shit more about our lives and what's going on with us but then we want to relate it back to our trailblazer um instead of just being so heavy on the trailblazer that's kind of just like our new vibe yeah just like definitely give us commentary and feedback about how we feel about this but i like the flow of it so far so far yeah for me, I'm, I'm not mad at it we're doing pretty good but um back to shock I completely lost my train of thought. Back, of back to Shaq, though, about that that team mentality. So, like, that's the thing about mm. Shaq and everybody that's ever played oh, with Shaq. That's what I was gonna say. Team. The the step ahead. It's that being that step ahead and anticipating what needs to be done. And that's in life. That's on the court. And that's in anything that you do, any team sport. So that's just where I wanted to go. Was like everything that you do when you're in an environment that's fast paced and you have like that drive. Like you're trying to hit a quick goal kind of thing literally like you go into a restaurant you're trying to walk out with what a quick 300 bucks like you hit a goal for each night depending exactly depending on what day of the week it is like what you're walking with you walk into a game or onto a court like your goal is to win how are you going to do that by being a team player you have to have a game plan too you've got to have it and i like that that point that you're saying is like you've got to have a game plan and like that's in life too. Cause I used to think like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm busy today, but it's like, you got to have a game plan for the day game plan for each day. Like I write yeah. down what I'm going to do on a list, have a game plan because therefore if you have a game plan, you can attack that. If you don't have a game plan, your shit's not going to get done. Where's your plan of attack. That's why in sports and especially in basketball, there's so much planning that goes involved with it. I know that you don't know a lot of this. Soleil, so I'm just going to drop this out there, but, but for, for real, dude, I mean, I've, I've played team sports and like, I yeah, understand, like soccer and I've, I've done other sports. Yeah. But just for basketball, it's so technical of a sport that you watch, mm. so you will watch your game of the last time that you played against this team or your coach will go to the game and 
record the game. Yeah, so you make film and then you watch film at the next. Yeah. So we, we, I would be watching for my AAU team and my high school team. I'd be watching probably hours and hours of film a week just to know who I'm covering, just to know, oh, I'm watching her. When she drives the hoop, she can't use her left hand. So therefore, I'm going to push her to use her left hand. I would guard somebody and guard them and angle them to have to force her to use her left hand more, knowing very well she can't. And therefore, now I can pick the ball from you, and that's my plan of attack. That's my game plan. Or this girl, she's really good. She's really good at driving the hoop. I'm going to have to force her to shoot from the outside because she can't shoot from the outside. I'm watching her her film. I've seen her three times. This girl's whack from the three-point line. I'm going to force her to, to have to shoot outside. That's a game plan. And Shaquille O'Neal, talking about him for a second here, every every coach that I was watching in this interview that I was uh, watching of him, they lo- love how he attacks the game plan because he's so in his own head. He's so mental that he has a plan of attack for all of these games. So that's what I was going to say is because of Shaq's size and his height, I, um, one of my buddies, Brett, he's a huge sports fan. It was like, next time you do an athlete, like, give me a call. I want to know who you're doing. So I called him this morning and I was like, yo, we're going to do Shaq. Like, what can you tell me? And he's like, dude, Shaq's a crazy player because he broke a bunch of barriers in the NBA as he got bigger as like his size, you know, just as who he was to be that big man on the court and to be that much bigger was like a really huge deal. And so he had to learn to play the game differently because they can send two or three people or whatever it is to block him. So how is he going to be able to use his size to navigate? And it's like, you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses. And he knew that about himself. And that's why my buddy Brett, he's like, dude, he's like, he what makes him impressive and like what makes him a trailblazer and a legend is like his self-confidence and his self-worth like he knows exactly who he He is so he's able to see a bigger picture he's not getting stuck in the bullshit stuck on the smaller like he's seeing things as they play out because he's a step ahead he's prepared he's prepared and he's prepared and he's prepared his like whole life for this like he was like a little kid and he was just his dad took him to the Madison Square Garden and he was watching one of the fucking legends, um, Dr. J, Julius Irving, who is one of like the all-time greatest basketball players. And he grew up watching Julius Irving play. And he's like, I'm going to be Julius Irving. And when he was 13 years old, he was 6'8". And he couldn't even dunk, dude. He was so shit at basketball. But he, and he was living in Germany at the time because his dad, his his father, his real father is out of the picture and was a real asshole, actually. And it really affected Shaq as a man. And that's why he carries himself like a man so well, because he wants to carry that. But he also a different example, had a different example. But his mom was really close to him and she raised him basically until she got remarried, um, who she remarried was an amazing man. Um, he was a military guy. Um, and he wanted to show Shaq that there is more for a black man in this world than being just an athlete. And he did not push for Shaq as especially being so large as a kid. He was like, I, I want you to know that you're more than just being a, being an athlete. And he was like, you're also kind of shit. So like, maybe that might, work, might not work. <laughs> don't, don't put all your eggs in that basket, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Straight up, let's not put all our chips in one basket. Um, but he was in Germany and he was living in Germany for a long time. And he was like, just this black kid on an army base camp at six, eight. And he couldn't even fucking dunk. He was shit at basketball. And he's like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? And he, he was getting really down on himself. And he's like, his dad was like, I don't want you to be in the military like me. I have no education. I'm like that's that classic black guy that's stuck in the black system right now. And he's like, I don't want that for you. Um, and what, what was really cool is um, Coach Brown, 
who is the basketball coach of LSU. Like if you're into basketball, you know, coach Brown, like he's fucking legendary, this guy at the time. And he came to speak at this army base camp in Germany. What are the fucking chances? Like life is crazy like that. And he comes and speaks at this camp in Shaq. He's very social and he's very confident and everyone always makes comments on that. And when he was 13, he went up to him and was like, Hey, like, I want to be like Julia Serving, but I am six, eight and I can't dunk. And he was just like, the guy was like, well, I mean, thank you for your service. And he's like, no, I, I'm not in service. I'm 13. And, I, and he's like, you're 13 years old and you're six, eight. And he was like, yes. And he's like, where's your father? And his father pulled up and was like, I really respect like you being in my your dad. Why, why is this giant child yeah. walking and around an army base in Germany that wants to play basketball? Take me to your father. <laughs> right. And um, what I thought was really cool is father had a really interesting response back to that. Um, and he was like, thank you for your interest in my son. Um, but um, he was like, I want if he's like, if you want to speak about my son's intellect, that's one thing. He doesn't have the athletic ability at this moment. But for my son's intellect, he's a black man. And I want my black son to be a general instead of a surgeon. I want him to be a head coach instead of an assistant coach. And I want him to be the president of a, an operation instead of a janitor. And like, that's what he said to the coach. Um, as, yeah. And he was just like, and Shaq always carried the mentality. Like, you know what? Like there's so much more to me than being an athlete and look at him now. There is so much more to Shaq than just being an athlete because he didn't, he, he didn't grow up relying on just that side of himself, which a lot of yeah. athletes do. That's why they have such big heads. They're an athlete. They're, they're LeBron, they're this. That's not, that's not just how, that's not how Shaq cares. And also those athletes that only bank themselves on their, like on their athletic prowess or whatever that word is, like their skill, you know, like Mm -hmm. your body gets older, you get older, like you can't maintain that. So what else are you doing in the world? Like what other good or what other things are you setting up to maintain like your success in your like legacy? And I think that that's, what's really important. And something that I was kind of thinking about as I've just been talking with tables and stuff like that is like, what is my current legacy? Cause people, ask like oh are you from San Diego you know or things like that and it's like no so then of course the follow-up question is like where are you from how'd you get down here so then it's like okay well how did I get down here because I've done all of these things and those are all things that I never gave myself credit for like that's my resume and like you want to build your resume you want to build your life resume and like that's what Shaq did like so that's what his father was trying to instill in him and now he has the Shaquille O'Neal Foundation that is partnered with the Boys and Girls Club of America with another community outreach program I want to get the name of it really quick sorry give me one second the other partner is communities and schools um he has clothing he was like a he's been in disney films he actually voiced the genie in kazam he had like a dj legacy or something in vegas brett was telling me he's done food clubs clothes camps like he is his own brand he built that because he knows who he is yeah 100 percent. and like he is a brand himself like you're saying like he he's just a brand dude that's like he's like the type of trailblazer that he's in movies as Shaq because he's a brand like he's himself that's like, like a very yeah. common theme with our trailblazers yeah because we pick people that are just so authentic that it's like you're literally casted as yourself because you're so fucking rad like that's just yeah. goals in life like I want to be fucking casted as Grace McHara on a movie that'd be so fucking sick like oh we're casting Soleil Spiegelman as Soleil Spiegelman oh the crowd goes wild literally though as you were saying earlier though um about Shaq being so big and having a game plan. I like really liked this like one thing that I was when I was researching um, about him is that 
there's just this term that's like used in basketball that it's like, oh, yeah, hack a Shaq. Um, mm-hmm. But people couldn't keep up with Shaq. They literally couldn't keep up with him because he was so big and such a force on the floor that they would have to hack him. And in hacking in basketball is fouling people because you can't keep up. And when you're fouling a lot, it's because you can't keep up with the person that you're covering. Shaq in college was getting so aggressively attacked by all of the players because they couldn't keep up with his size. They couldn't keep up with his speed. Like he was such a fucking beast. Um, but Shaq in his mind, he was like, I need to get my college degree for my dad. Like I want to finish college. Like I don't want to drop out, but it got so bad. Well, so he, he ended up going to LSU, right? He, this is him at LSU playing for the coach, coach Brown. That, oh, so yeah. he ended up going on to coach or play for Coach Brown. Play for Coach Brown because Shaq, why he is so successful is because he doesn't trust a lot of people too. He openly talks about, I don't trust a lot of people, especially a lot of white guys. He's like, especially there's like a lot of white guys trying to get something for me. And mm. Coach Brown, he liked Coach Brown because Coach Brown, he was getting so many people out of high school trying to recruit him and everyone trying to suck his dick. And he was like, you know what? And Coach Brown said to him, he's like, yeah, I guess you could play for me, but you might not be in the starting five. And he was like, fuck yeah. That's an athlete, in my opinion, somebody that takes on the challenge opposed to somebody that's wanting to suck your dick. That's that's what it should be. I'm going to be honest. Like you want something. No, as you athlete, are like that's that's what I was that. that's what I was saying earlier. Like you want someone on the team that's going to push you just as much like you don't necessarily want to walk on anywhere knowing you're the best. Like you want to right. be challenged because that's when you're going to succeed. You're going to you're going to be uncomfortable. Like if we've said one thing, we've said it a million times. It's get uncomfortable to get comfortable. And then once you right. hit that, push yourself again. Like don't right. set like set yourself up for success in a way that means you're constantly growing don't set yourself up for something where your life is set and that's you have your routine every day and that is it there is nothing yeah. like that there, right. there to, yeah. at least for me that is nothing I would ever want that is nothing inspiring to me like I I said I would never go back to working in restaurants but here I am and I'm fucking so happy about it like I missed right. that interaction I missed well, that every day is new we put weird expectations on ourselves and say shit like I'm never going to do this because yeah, we just put weird expectations on ourselves. But like Shaq was doing though with this, he was like, I need to finish my college degree, but that's not how it, how it could happen because the college basketball field for him was actually getting too aggressive, like physically on him. People were fouling him so much. People couldn't keep up with him that he's like, I need to go to the NBA to bloom. Like I can't, be growing anymore and he was like I really he, he loved class and loved school though like he loved he wanted to get his degree and he was pushing for it he could have by his sophomore year already been signed to the NBA team and he was like I don't want to I really want to get my degree I and he's like I also want to figure out who the fuck I am that's like something he was saying he's like I don't want to just go into the NBA where money fucking strippers fucking NBA lifestyle he's like I'm not ready for that I want to like still a kid down. He's a kid, He's he was a kid in a man's body. Yes. <laughs> Since he was 13, fucking crazy. But he was just like, I want to slow down. And But he ended up just like we're saying, he put that expectation on himself to get his degree and he couldn't. He was like, but he ended up, he actually has his bachelor's and master's degree because he went back and he like really wants to. He also like has passed, um, passed so like so many examinations he can be like a police officer if he wants to like he's done like so many um he also um has gotten his law degree like he's just done a bunch of shit that like i don't even know how this guy has found time to do this like like i have no he must have interns he must have interns like i fuck i don't know definitely he does but i just like don't even know how he did all of this but i just fucking respect the shit out of it but um yeah like that's just something that he and then he went into the nba First fucking round draft pick. Um, what was the fucking price of the contract that he signed? $41 million was his contract that he signed as a rookie. 
and he was MVP his first year. Yeah, that's a legacy. Like, Forty-one M's, dude. And that's not even like a big contract now in NBA, but at the time, that's fucking massive. It was the biggest contract for an NBA rookie. And of who all did? Time. He, who was it that he signed with originally? Uh, I want to say it was the Nuggets. I want to say it was the Nuggets. I thought it was. Or the Magic. Magic. I want to say it was the Magic. I want to say it was the Magic. It was magic. Well, so um, I did want to say really quick, just a note about like Shaq and his friends, or I guess like the people that, you know, like he's rubbing elbows with, like just kind of funny. I was looking at the Shaquille O'Neal Foundation website and his board has like Dana White on it of the UFC, has the owner of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Um, yeah, there's like just a bunch of like different random people from all these really cool different industries. And like the owner of the Sacramento Kings is on Shaq's foundation board. Like there's just like, it just shows that his hand is in every pot, kind of like Snoop, kind of like Martha, kind of like he plays himself in movies. Like there are just certain people that are such a presence and so sure of themselves that they don't have to pretend to be anyone else, which is kind of why Shaq actually ended up being perfect for this episode because his name precedes him. Like he's easy to talk about bigger picture because he is a bigger picture guy. He's not, you don't see him doing shit things or trolling for the smaller things. The, The articles you see about him in like the Daily Mail or the tabloids or whatever it is, is Shaq walks into Walmart and buys every single person, like pays off everyone's credit card, you know, like things like that, where it's like, those are the things he's like, he's just doing cool shit and being a cool person and being himself and not asking for anything from anyone except for them to be just treat him with that same respect and I think at the end of the day like that's just really what we want too is like you want someone to match your energy you want someone in any relationship in any aspect of your life to have similar values in terms of their drive and dedication to what they're trying to accomplish in life I think that that really ties into what you're saying to this quote he's like I'm tired of hearing money 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 I just want to play the game drink Pepsi and wear some Reebok (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like yeah like he's like no the money's sweet but he also uses all I like that he drops every sponsor he has in that money 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 thing like yeah but by the way, I drink Pepsi Cola and wear Reebok. Reebok. <laughs> 10 mils off Pepsi and Reebok. <laughs> right. But I also think that he, I like this other quote too. Um, Excellence is not a singular act, but a habit. You are what you repeatedly do. Um, and I, I think that, that routine is key. And then this one's funny. Uh, Shaq is known for being one of the most horrendous foul, like foul, like he misses majority of his foul shots. Like he misses like they're called free throws for example like every basketball coach would be like how the fuck do you miss them they're called free throws because they should just be an automatic two points um he was repeatedly like 35 to 40 percent from the foul line and Shaq gets fouled a lot so he would be missing so many shots that could like cost you the game truthfully he sucks at foul shots it's actually funny just google Shaq shooting foul shots. <laughs> he is so bad he misses so much he's just known for that but he goes me shoot- shooting 40 percent at the foul line is just god's way of saying nobody's perfect <laughs> see and that's the thing that was literally another note that brett was like dude this guy is so humble and so funny like he just he fucking owns who he is like that's why oh, and i think funny dude like this guy, this he point- does too. he's done stand-up before 
course he has. Blake what Griffin, hasn't, what hasn't Shaq done? He reminds me a lot of Blake Griffin. Do you know who Blake Griffin, the basketball player, is? You know what? This is going to bum you out, but I think the only reason why I... I think the only reason why I know him is because of his affiliation with the famous K family. The K family. Okay. I'm pretty sure he like dated Kendall or something. Oh, really? I don't think that's, so. That's, I, I think so. I, th- I think that's why I, I know the name. He's like one of my biggest, like if there's somebody that I could date that's a celeb, it would be him. Cause not only is he so fucking good at basketball, but he's so funny. He's a good actor. He does stand up. He's just like one of the best. NBA I feel like athletes. I have to double check. Just, just t- Google him. I know that we're not, not sponsored yet, but type in Blake Griffin. Oh, he's so fucking sexy. I love Blake Griffin. I literally am openly just madly in love with Blake Griffin. I will find him one day. I see. I'm changing my terminology. I will go on a date with Blake Griffin. Mark my fucking words. This is who I'm thinking now. Hold on. Yeah. He's like in movies. He's like an actor as well. But he reminds me of Shaq because he has such a good personality. Ah, yes, I was right. Blake Griffin has been in relationships, according to whosdatedwho.com, with Madison Beer in 2019, Kendall Jenner 2017 to 2018. He's so hot, though. Like, if I was a guy, I'd want to date Kendall Jenner, too. Like, she's a fine piece of cheeks. Like, let's be real. Like, do I like her family and everything? But I just, like, take one look at her and be like, if I had a penis, I'd be like, yeah? Like, I don't know why I would, like, not want to, like, date her. You know what I mean? She's yeah. one of the fucking best dudes. It pisses me off. She deserves it, whatever. Does she? I don't even know. I'm not going to, like, slam her, but she fucks hot dudes. Like, this girl gets it. This girl gets it. Kendall Jenner, she also has good taste. She has good taste in men. I'm going to be honest. Out of all of the people that... Actually, yeah, the ones that she gets with, you're like, ah. I'm like, those are like prime men. Like, not only are they just beautiful, but they're like smart, talented, creative, creative. That I'm like, she has good taste in dick, and she gets it. Like, fuck, girl, damn, Kendall, you really get it. Fucking shout out. And you know who also gets fine pieces of ass is cunt ass Taylor Swift. All right, so it's Mother's Day at work. It's Mother's Day at work, and uh, I. It's funny because in this episode, I say we play really good music, but on Mother's Day morning on Sunday, we were playing like the gnarliest, like weird acoustic, like easy mom listening thing. mom shit. And one of the girls comes up to me at work, and she's like, "Oh Ooh. my god, I love that we're playing Taylor Swift." And I literally go. Is that what we're listening to? You know that you're not going to be friends with that girl at work, too. I, uh, I mean... Yeah, you know that already. Not even going to be rude, but you know for a fucking... I mean, fact well, well no. Like, like we'll, be fra- we'll be fine, but we're not, I'm not, not probably going to go out of my way. Yeah. yeah, you don't need to play it lightly with this girl. Um, anybody that would look at me and be like... I literally had girls be like, oh, just like put on some Taylor Swift. I'm like, oh, well, we'll never fuck with each other. Like, I instantly can tell you that right now. Instantly. It's not my vibe. Oh, if you I do, Taylor you know Swift. what though? I love Halsey. I love Pink. Like those Different are more people, my vibes. Not the same person. That's no. not even person. No, but some people have like a weird relationship with them too. But speaking of weird relationships, therapy. How is how how have you been this week? I'm done with therapy right now, dude. I don't have I don't have as much time for it. Um I don't have as much time for it right now and yeah, that's the thing. And the the service that I was doing, I had to pay weekly and I don't even have time for it weekly. Um at all so I'm not doing therapy right now and I also don't I'm good I'm like feeling pretty pretty good I come in and out of like how I'm feeling a little bit because I feel like I 
have so much on my plate right now. But I feel like today I woke up feeling like really blessed that I'm like prioritizing things really well and like making time for grinding and making time for the things that I want. It's an absolute This week is like feels like a way different energy than last week. Last week was feeling a little on like the manic, like kind of just like get through it, get through it, get through it. Um, This week. Yeah, I was feeling a bit manic last week. Yeah. You what? I felt manic last week. Yeah. It was just, it was very like almost like a frequency weirdness last week. So this yeah, week I'm feeling really good. good and I had therapy this week. So why, well, I, I mean, do you have anything? You're like- fresh. You're fresh into your therapy sesh. So if you want to get yours, I have so much, I have years of therapy stored away. I have plenty of facts that I can always rifle off. I've gone to therapy since I was fucking little, little. <laughs> I've been in therapy, so I have plenty. So my therapy today, just because it is um, like every two weeks, every month now, um, just depending on where I'm at. Uh, my therapy today, I was basically just catching, um, my therapist up on everything that's been going on because, um, we caught up briefly last week or whatever it was, but, um, in terms of like an actual session, it was from the day I was going to go interview for this job I ended up getting. So it's just been a lot of, um, changes and a lot of things going on and we just caught up and I was telling her about like putting boundaries up and, Uh, just how I was really busy this week and it feels good to be busy but I'm starting to like have to say no and I'm getting good at it but sometimes even though you know as much as you want to tell yourself like don't feel bad you still kind of feel bad and so what she told me she was like slay and it's not always easy to hear um, but she was like you don't have to backtrack and enforce boundaries like you can put boundaries up before you need to go back and like dial them in mm-hmm. and I was like oh you're right like that makes sense like I can state my availability and I can make it known and like it can always change but I don't have to like be so open and like so yeah. readily available which I already knew but it was kind of like another reminder of like oh wait okay I didn't even catch like I didn't even tune into the fact that I was doing this again like this behavior yeah. so it was just that check-in of like remembering like okay wait like check yourself put your boundaries back in yeah. because you are busy but you need to maintain like our biggest like thing for me in therapy is sustainability and like making it so that it lasts not quick yeah. fixes like I'm doing long-term healing here and so like it's that. like that's a really good note right there so saying long-term not healing the quick fix oh yeah not and that's quick fix. no it's it's almost like and this is another conversation is as I start to come da- uh dial back my antidepressants I'm gonna up therapy I think I've talked about this on the podcast too or at least I've talked with you about it um and just how that's then going to be kind of another little balance. So that'll be interesting. So stay tuned for a couple episodes down the line where Soleil starts yeah. to come off her antidepressants. No, and that's going to be truthfully, like, that's really cool of you to share that, though. But also, like, coming from, you know, being around people that are have been on antidepressants a lot and taking them myself. It's like a very, um, it's a kind of a difficult process to come off of them because your body is actually going to be feeling very different at first um, and like you're genuinely going to have to as we're talking about accountability you're going to have to hold yourself accountable for the difference that your body is feeling and not 
instantly jump into it because my therapy note this week is when you're feeling off, don't just assume that everything's off. Like mm. some things are just off sometimes. And Snaps that's, for that. Hold on. You know that was a I mean? good one. It can just yeah. be one little thing it that needs one a- little thing that's off, not your everything. And I, I am a, I have ADHD. So like my brain, when you have ADHD, it, it jumps to conclusions very quickly. And that's why people that have ADHD get into arguments a lot and they're very hyperactive. I do that not argumentative wise, but I jump to conclusions really quickly with my in my own head that if one thing goes wrong, I feel like everything is everything's wrong. And then that starts trickling into everything in my fucking day can be wrong. And I'm spy and I feel like I'm out of control. And people that have ADHD feel out of control a lot. Um, that it's something kind of like hard, hard to ground yourself in sometimes. But one thing that has really helped me, it's like, that's just one thing that's off, girl. Like, that's dead ass just one thing that's off. Not everything else is spiraling. You and you're going to be getting off of your antidepressants. You're going to be feeling a bit off. That's not everything in your universe is off. It's that's that, just, that's and honestly, just here's the thing. Everyone in on you actually did it in a way that was like way healthier than how anyone, the other people that I've had these conversations with. Um, It's like people are really weird when you say like, you're going to start coming off your antidepressants of like, oh, well, like, you you got to do it. This, 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 this. Like, everyone wants to tell you how to do it. And I'm like, well, I'm actually not going to listen to what any of you guys are saying. I'm going to listen to my doctor. Don't tell what to do first off. That's yeah, it. Like, you know, don't tell what people to do. You can advise people, but don't tell what people what to do. Yeah, like, I'm grateful you're sharing your experience with me. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of one of those things of I see where you're at now and I see how you're managing all of this. And I appreciate your insight, but that's not my path. So I'm going to like stick with mine. And so like, while I do, I I just kind of want to make a note, like while I do share, we both share a lot about like our personal, um, our personal experiences and like our medical, uh, things like you guys don't, don't be afraid to share that information or to talk about things with people that you consider to be close friends. Um, normalize it but also be aware that not everyone is informed and not everyone has the same experiences or the same relationships with what they're going through in the sense that you do not need to you do not need to tell someone what to do with their mental health if that you makes sense you can, um, you can suggest some things that you think might be and word it that way hey this is this is a suggestion because i hate when people tell me what to do with my mental health because it's like i'm this is a constant journey that we're not even 100 percent sure a lot of the time so don't don't tell people what to do and like i you know what i think is interesting that. you and i don't tell each other we ask each other if that yeah. makes sense, like, exactly. are you doing this, this, and this to pr- almost prompt it in our own heads, like to come yeah. to that conclusion? It's a self check. So, like, be available to self check for your friends, but you do not need to police your friends' experiences with mental health, unless, of course, they are in a situation where they may be hurting themselves or others or being hurt by others or themselves, kind of thing. Like, 100%. 100%. And, like, back t- back to that point of just like, you openly sharing like things about like your medications and things like that. Like, you know, like that's a very vulnerable thing to do. You know what I mean? That it's like really cool that we can normalize this conversation. And it's really important that if you feel like 
you're struggling with your mental health that you can talk about it. Like, but also there's some people that don't know how, as you were saying, they don't know how to respond. So like you do feel like, at least for me, I didn't feel like I could talk about my mental health and it made me, it made my mental health worse because the people that I would be opening up to or sharing it to wouldn't know how to respond. So journaling is like really key and writing that down so you can get out what you're feeling to maybe talk to to a professional. Um, Cause sometimes talking to people that don't understand do make it worse. And I just like wanted to That's preface true, that. And also sometimes- Google, don't Google shit. Yeah, don't Google shit. You're just going to think you have ass cancer, like, for no reason. I want to end on a funny note, though, about mental health, because it just does kind of show, like, I am very comfortable with sharing my experiences with and how I am, because that's just me. Like, I'm trying to normalize it, because for me, it is normal. This is my everyday. So I think that that's also something. But I was um, hanging out with a guy, and this is, like, one of those guys that I met on Tinder, but, like, actually ended up being, like, a really cool guy that, like, I am still in, like, good terms talk to. Like, he's he's a really cool guy. And I, I was taking my antidepressant, my anti-anxiety medication, and he was like, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's my, like, I just have to take this every day. It's my anti-anxiety. Or I was like, oh, I just have to take this, my anti-anxiety medication. And he, like, stops, and he's like, oh, I'm are you anxious right now? Like, I'm so sorry. Like, is there something like I'm, am I making you anxious? And I was like, Oh, sweetie, like, no, no, no. Like, bless you. No, no, this isn't every day, bud. Like, this is just no, to keep ta- like, all the this time. Is, this is to take now. the edge off. I feel safe now. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> but it was just kind of funny. And it was like, Oh yeah, no. And he's, he's cool. He listens to the podcast. Um, but That's it like was really just cute. he was like that being like that you know as we should be sensitive to how other people's mental health is even if you think it's fucking stupid like yeah even if because i know that some people are like anti-medication and think that you don't need medication which and and they'll kind of like be a be a little bitch about it when people are talking about it that it's like you don't you don't have the right to sh- to share on other people's experiences like i think that medication I have is a prescription i'm not self like you know i'm not self prescribing anything like there there is a reason there are choices that i made like this was for my overall health and so like yeah exactly like what you're saying yeah, like yeah then you get to the point where you feel like you need to fucking like explain yourself like and it's like why the fuck am i explaining myself well that's why we started the podcast <laughs> yeah <to> explain ourselves. <laughs> here's a podcast explaining why i am the way that i am because seriously I though so are you down to ride like that's it that that's the whole podcast right there i I'm think we on episode that. 18 shaquille o'neal we've cracked the code like dude, we're almost on to 20 episodes which is crazy dude, wait we're almost done with season two. Oh my god fuck <laughs> shut the fuck up dude, we t- that's not i'm i'm like literally gonna cry from me <laughs> Stomping around the street, being like, who the fuck's down to ride? Like, who the fuck is down to ride? We are, and you guys are, and we're so fucking grateful and appreciative. Yeah. Today was like, I feel like you and I haven't gotten a chance to just kind of bullshit and actually have some fucking cool conversations. So, like, but that's it's, why it's I think been that, like, a minute. Of the podcast was like, it was like impromptu. I just literally FaceTimed you this morning. And I was like, I think we need to do it this way. Like, truly. <laughs> and, like, it feels like we're back. Like, it feels right. Yeah, it feels a lot more right. Because I think when we were first starting, like we have so much structure to our podcast now because we've done it so much, but we lay out so much structure to it when it's like we thrive off of the lack of structure. Like this, you guys, we're improv queens. Like, believe me, I, I think I, I think the, the only times we looked at the computer today is when I was looking up Shaq's partners on his website and when you were quoting him. 
Like that was yes, we are usually God, we're so good and talented yeah. and we're hot and you guys should follow us on our social medias. So I yeah, at FBG Soleil and you Gracie dot Makira baby. Follow no, me on say it, say it like how you're supposed to. Makira. Gracie dot Matsura. Everyone will type it in so fucking wrong. Mutt. They'll just be like, Mutt, Z-U-R-M-U-T-Z-U-R-A. It's M-A-C-U-R-A. You change it to Mutzura, and I'll change mine to Model Soul. But we, our podcast is in uh, our Instagram. We still need merch. Is you down to ride. And we're coming with some merch for season two. That's what I it is. Really or for season three. For season three, we're signing on with you down to ride shirts. So we're going to play I want my friend that's a graphic designer to help us. She, like, makes, like, funky tie-dye, like, cute, like, positive, like. Let's do it. I think that she might be. I want some merch, dude. I want fucking. I, I don't know what it is. I want a jersey, dude. I want a jersey that says you down to ride. Like a b-ball jersey. That would actually be cute as fuck. So drippy. I want one. We can make it happen. So you guys, um, wherever you're listening to this, I hope you're having a great day. Don't forget our weekly challenge. Um, what was it? Yeah. Wow, dude, that's so inspirational. Yeah, don't forget our weekly. It's just not not to be like I think I can do this. Oh yeah, replace. I should know that. Uh, Replace the word should with would, will, or do it talk about it don't talk about it just be about it you guys delay stop talking be about it y'all stop Stop talking i'm gonna go be about it right now you guys we hope you have a beautiful rest of your day a great start to your week if you haven't caught up on any of our last episodes check us out follow us on all the social media engage with us we're really we're really trying our hardest and also you need to share this with two friends, please. Please, please, please share this with friends. You know, other people will enjoy this, especially if you feel like you're like, yo, this this shorty over here, you know, I think she's in her bag. Throw this podcast to her or him, you know, that will help him out, you know, help us out, help. We'll scratch your back, you scratch ours. You know what I'm saying? Teamwork makes the dream work, baby. Hey, okay. Love y'all. Have a good rest of your week. Peace. Peace. Epic. All of that was so smooth and easy. Done. Not like life smooth and easy two things that i'm not familiar with <laughs> accidental smooth accidental. And easy. Accidental. accidental yeah okay well we're gonna go peace peace love you